Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. First question, I always think, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. What is it about you? You were playing and instead of going to the beach for two weeks in the summer like all your teammates, you were going off to Afghanistan? Attempting or, a remarkable feat uh, this year. They're planning to row across the Atlantic. It's 5,000 kilometres. It's New York to Galway. It's unsupported. I'm Damien Brown. This is Deep Roots. And once again, I'm asking you to join me on my next adventure. Four years ago, I arrived in the beautiful tropical island of Antigua after the most incredible experience and fight to row the Atlantic. Um, so I spent nine days convalescing getting my bearings to land on life again and reconnecting with people closest to me my parents, my brother, sister brother-in-law and friends as I slowly strolled the streets of Falmouth uh, and um, Nelson's Dockyard. I had loads of people approach me who had watched my um, video messages from the Atlantic and Tegan's and uh, they always talked about the four-man Antiguan team led by Eli Fuller who had come in about 33 days before me. And there was this energy and 
positive reverberation. Um, enthusiasm in all of their voices like they were so proud of this team and it was clear that these guys uh, I think it was Nico, John, uh, Eli and uh, the fourth guy's name escapes me right now but um, these guys had made a huge impact on their country. Now, it's a small country, but still, it was nationwide. And at that time, I knew I was going to do another rush throw. You know, I knew it from some point deep in the, the experience of the one I just finished. And... An Irish guy, friend actually, Gavin Hennigan, had, uh, had had plans to roll from New York or North America back to Ireland. So he had rolled the Atlantic the year before me, same route, uh, trade winds from Lagomera uh, to Antigua. But uh, he suffered a stress fracture in his back, I think, and he wasn't able to complete that second uh, leg of his uh, incredible challenge he set himself. So having that piece of information, so basically knowing that that was a possibility that you could actually roll uh, into Galway across the North Atlantic, having experienced the effects on people of a national team rowing into their country and then knowing that I had to do there was no way I was not doing another ocean roll in my life because of the experience I had the pieces started to kind of fit together and become clear uh, and I thought but if and when I do another ocean roll it's going to be New York to Galway And here we are, right now, I'm not sure if you guys can hear the blades of the water swishing uh, and the blades making their, into, making their way into, sliding into the water. But myself and my good friend, Lucy Farrell, are now 24 hours into our North Atlantic Ocean Road from New York to Galway. So around 3,000 miles unsupported across one of the most ferocious, unforgiving regions of the planet. And honestly, those words do not resonate with what we've experienced over the first 24 hours. So we left Chelsea Piers uh, at Pier 59 in Manhattan at 10 p.m., just after 10 p.m. on uh, June 13th, Monday, and took a short little 
left and then right out of Chelsea Piers and we were on the Hudson and the Hudson was deserted. Now this is an incredibly busy river and we've done four training sessions on it and it was stuff about having your head on a swivel because there's ferries coming from New York to New Jersey, New Jersey to New York, all different um, terminals uh, and they are uh, are fast and they're powerful so you really need to keep an eye out for them. There's loads of leisure craft, there was uh, loads of commercial um, sailboats doing tours down to the Statue of Liberty and there's these you know big cargo ships and barges trawling up the middle of the Hudson so from what we experienced when we left you know literally night and day and also um, totally unique in terms of we got to row uh, down the side of the west side of Manhattan almost uh, without any stress because there's nothing to be seen and then uh, we left at 10 so that we would have a about an hour before the turn of the tide so we'd make a bit of ground even though we we're on into the uh, into the um, current of the tide we have still made a bit of ground in that hour uh, so that when the ebb of the tide uh, came we would have a, a better position to make the most of that next six hours uh, and when that next six hours came particularly when we got a bit further into the middle of the Hudson uh, um, wow we flew huh? the boat like it's a strange one because every stroke is kind of the same uh, effort level in, in and around uh, and the boat doesn't seem really to be doing uh, too much more speed with the the, um, the deck repeater so I have a little screen here to my left that gives me the, the speed, the track, the bearing and the distance to waypoint so the speed was saying at times 6.3, 6.4 knots. Now to put that in perspective, last time I crossed the Atlantic, my average speed was 1.3 knots. So we came through the Narrows, which is this um, area at the bottom of uh, the kind of mouth of the Hudson uh, and the East River that. Um, yeah, funnels over, funnels under the thing called the Verrazano Bridge, and we were just motoring, and there was nothing to be seen. We went through there at like five, six knots, and kept the head down then. And yeah, again, we were making great ground for another couple hours, and then we had to do a slight uh, change of direction, uh, kind of more north easterly course. And then things started to slow down, and then uh, eventually we got into really tough rowing conditions of just manky kind of sea state. 
real lovely and kind of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inconsistent uh, tipping the boat constantly, so it's very hard to even get a good quality stroke in. Um, and then we were down to like, I was looking at Gus and Gus's number were under a knot, but about a knot or so, or 1.2, 1.3. Uh, it didn't help that this was like, whatever, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, and, you know, we hadn't had much sleep. So we came into uh, uh, start day like in, in a terribly prepared state because of you know basically the amount of work that needed to be done on the boat over the last kind of two and a half weeks to get it ready things had to be sourced just an incredible like uh, incredibly kind of tense and stressful time uh, and then um, thankfully in the end we our, our, like our second original departure date of um, June 8th, the weather was crap, so we got pushed back to June 10th, uh, and we needed all those days getting pushed back to make sure everything was ready, and even when we came to, we got pushed back again to the 12th, and we thought that was our day, and we were, the night before we were getting ready, and we were going through last comms checks, and the sat phone just stopped working completely, and we thought it was a charging issue that it was just dead, but used every charger that uh, has every different, different plug and it just wouldn't switch on. So just went completely on the blink. Uh, and that's a vital piece of safety equipment. So, you know, uh, some of you might have seen, I did a kind of shout out on social media for anyone who helped source one in New York. Uh, we started ringing around and text messaging anyone we knew that might have a connection or might know somebody, uh, connection to like the maritime world or exploration world. Or, uh, uh, and then, you know, yeah, anyone in New York uh, would have connections that may know somebody like that. And then we made our way to the marina the next morning, but like worried, right? Because we needed to get that sat phone. We started ringing. That was Sunday, Monday morning. We started at 9 o'clock. We started ringing places that sell them in New York. Two places that sell them. Don't open on a Monday. <laughs> By appointment only. Uh, yeah, so we had a few people like running around Manhattan, going to different stores, trying to find the sat phone. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a part of the idea. Eventually, it came to a point where, you know, the with the consideration of the tides, um, we kind of had to let that morning departure go. And then uh, a, good, uh, a good guy, a friend of mine who I met on Everest last year called Natash Negi, and uh, he was there and he just came to see us off and I asked him the night before to bring around some uh, coffee because we hadn't got any. So he turned up with like three bags of like uh, sweets and chocolate and, and coffee. But... Uh, then he just went into some sort of uh, incredible uh, search mode. He must have made like 50 phone calls. He was talking to people in Florida. 
<laughs> people in New York, friends. He was talking to some of the uh, cash after um, after we uh, everyone kind of finally got out of the fall last year. Uh, he got trapped in the fall for uh, three months, so he couldn't get out because all the U.S. embassies were closed. He's a U.S. citizen, but he doesn't have a U.S. passport. Oh, sorry, he lives in the U.S., but he doesn't have a U.S. passport. Um, so uh, he he was in this real kind of unique position of not being able to leave Nepal. What that meant, though, was that he made really good friends with a lot of the climbing guides, the Sherpa, and he used to hang out with them. So then he found out that a load of them had just landed in New York from um, Denali after... Uh, guiding there or at least summiting there and he rang them knowing that they'd have a so a sat phone so they were considering lending us theirs if we replaced it uh, and then we uh, went to got on and then he got on ebay and uh, he found this kind of older model of a sat phone iridium um out in um 60 miles away in a place called trenton new jersey so after much deliberation, uh, we uh, we decided to make that purchase, and then went on this road trip uh, from Manhattan, Chelsea Piers, all the way out to uh, Trenton. Met this guy, done the deal on the side of the street, um, all good, and uh, back in uh, to to New York. So uh, I don't know, we arrived back around five, six, and then. The boat needed some last-minute prep. Uh, Saffron was all good, working well, and then we were we were good to go at ten o'clock that night. But you know, it's a it's a strange experience facing into an ocean row. It's it's very uh, um, disturbing to your kind of default state. And uh, what I found is. I need a little bit of time alone uh, to kind of consider everything, consider what's coming, and just get a good picture in my head of all the possible uh, situations that can happen and uh, plans to deal with them. So I was very conscious that I needed to kind of get some time uh, to myself. But between uh, trying to get some food, trying to get the boat ready, um, and uh, had a few personal things. I wanted to write some letters to people close to me, uh, Roselle particularly. Um, I was struggling to get it, so I was highly stressed over that. I was like, I just wanted to fucking, I know, I just needed that time. I knew how important it was. So eventually I was able to, you know, get away from uh, Gussie and the cash. Like, I mean, I mean that with all respect. I just. You know, it wasn't, it was just a case of, for everyone's sake, like safety, safety, particularly myself and Gussie and you know, our families, you know, I take that responsibility very, very seriously. So I just needed that space. So I walked a few blocks back to um, the marina and uh, yeah, I just found a space there where I could write and think and visualize. And it helped a little bit, but you know, then people started coming. It was brilliant. Like, you know, there was a nice little crowd there to see us off. Karen Foley and, you know, Dave McCormick, Sean Cunningham and Owen Kiley and 
like loads of people I didn't know, Irish flags. It was, it was beautiful, but uh, at the same time, you know, everyone wants a quick chat. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> this is not the time. <laughs> but, uh, so that all led to this kind of really unprepared state and, you know, lack of sleep. We'd only myself and Gussie had only had like four and two hours sleep, respectively, the night before. We really hadn't had any down there. We had one kind of half down there in the whole two and a half weeks in New York. So we were like, you know, at the edge of our kind of um, emotional states. Uh, not a good edge, not a good edge. So, uh, yeah, by the time we hit those, that period of really tough rowing conditions, you know, we were both fried. Fried, had so little sleep. I reckon I fell asleep on this. Like, this is something that I didn't even know was possible. And I've only had one slight kind of encounter with it before, and that was on Denali. A number of years ago, where I fell asleep walking up the mountain. And here, I reckon I fell asleep at least 20, if not 30 times on the oars while rowing. Like, what the fuck? Uh, no, it was only for, you know, two or three seconds, but you'd wake up and you'd have clearly gone into, you know, an unconscious state that was unrecognizable to, to yourself. Like, so, uh, my eyes were just, I could not keep my eyes open. Um, and uh, we were doing an hour on, an hour off, so we'd have, like, a little bit more um, capacity to push in that hour, uh, which would mean that, like, we only had an hour and a half, you know, right, to rest and clean ourselves and, and get the head down. So, uh, yeah, those are tough hours for both of us. Um, and uh, weather wasn't helping. The winds were a little bit into us. The tides were against us. And the, the water stage and the sea stage was just shocking for rowing. So, uh, but eventually we got through it and we caught up a little bit of sleep. Uh, Conditions didn't really improve much, a little bit. Like the sea state definitely improved, but uh, tides and winds were kind of always against us for the next few hours. Uh, and then later in the evening, got really calm. The further we got out, we got through a few uh, clusters of bohemoth of uh, um, shipping uh, cargo ships, big container ships. We nearly got run over, well, not even, didn't really get run over, but one of them was like, started up, and so they're all parked up, I think, wait, there must be a big backlog in New York, like, ends of them, in different areas, and then, we were coming to, kind of the, uh, you know, a nice, 200 meters away from this huge one, and then all of a sudden, it starts up, and starts coming, exactly, our direction, so, Gussie just dropped the oars, and, basically stopped us moving and it just moved past us uh, you know, 50 meters in front when it was a ginormous thing uh, but once we got past that we were kind of into this much flatter water, speed improved a little bit and uh, and now, so the last kind of 4 or 5 hours uh, it's been real calm, a bit of wind I'm not sure if you can hear that but uh, but the current has been in our favor, so our speed has picked up dramatically now. So at the moment, I'm doing 
three and a half knots, 3.7 knots there. Um, we hit our first waypoint and we're on our way to our second waypoint, which now is 246 nautical miles from where I am right now. And that is uh, somewhere where we think the Gulf Stream will rest. So probably take us, you know, five days, six days, depending on the weather to get there. But uh, yeah, we're just grinding now. We've 24 hours in of this uh, incredible uh, endeavor and adventure. And uh, do you know what? I couldn't have gone better. Like, there's so many things that can go wrong in uh, you know, on the Hudson, New York Harbor, uh, through the Narrows, out into uh, the broader harbor area. And uh, we got through it all without too much sweat. And now I think we may, I think, rough calculations, we, we rode somewhere in the region of 45 to 47 nautical miles in, uh, in um, the first 24 hours. So, uh, so yeah, I think uh, all in all, I'm definitely breathing a sigh of relief. Uh, I'm also very kind of uh, um, happy, I suppose, with that outcome. Uh, because if you look at the history of ocean roads from uh, New York to Europe and look at the amount of failed, attempt, failed attempts, which there is many, uh, they all go wrong. Or not the vast majority go wrong in the first six, seven, eight days. So, and a lot of them are in the first day or two. So we're, uh, we're past that now. We're past all the crazy uh, cargo ships. And we haven't seen too much in the last five, six hours. The plan now is to roll through the night. So we did an hour on and hour off for, um, uh, I think, the first 10 hours, 11, 12 hours. But now we're into an hour and a half, an hour and a half on, an hour and a half off. And then we're going to start uh, about one o'clock. We're going to do our first two hour on, two hour off. So hopefully that gives a bit of a better window to get some valuable sleep. Like literally, we've been crashing uh, between every uh, um, non-rowing window uh, to try and get as much catch up as much sleep as we can. So that's it. Day one done and dusted. Um, all in all, when I think about the way my day one went uh, <laughs> uh, four years ago, leaving Lagomera. I would say uh, today has been a, um, a roaring success. And that was one of the most shocking experiences of my life. Um, yeah, but today has been really relatively uh, um, undramatic, if that's the word. So, uh, yeah, that's a great start. Uh, puts us in a good position to kind of kick on. And the forecast isn't great for us for the first few days. So, you know, we're both um, aware that uh, we have a fight on our hands to kind of gain some ground over this first uh, five, six days and try and get into that Gulf Stream. <clears throat> the reason we aim for the Gulf Stream, and I know you guys are going to hear a lot more about it, but that's this um, warm uh, band of uh, current, uh, fast-flowing, kind of up the east coast of America and then out into the mid-Atlantic and kind of dispersed into the um, 
the North Atlantic Drift and uh, and a more southerly current. I don't know what that's called. To be honest. Uh, we want to be in the North Atlantic Drift and you know use those currents. There's no winds. What makes this uh, um, ocean road particularly challenging is the lack of trade winds, the lack of winds. It's all localized weather system. So there's no consistent band of winds blowing in a certain direction. Ocean rowing boats are uh, highly susceptible to winds. So like if there is a band behind you, you know, it's, it's great news, but um, on this route, we get all sorts of different ones. We get them into, you know, into our nose, up to the side of the boat, behind the boat. Uh, uh, it's going to be a bit of a head fuck, of course. But, um, yeah, we're not, I mean, we're not looking for easy at the same time. But that's just one of the components of the challenge that we, you know, need to be aware of. It's coming and, uh, and you know, be able to kind of deal with it as best we can. Um, so yeah, the Gulf Stream will help, you know, even with those winds, you know, it's a really strong current if you can get into the middle of it, about five, you know, five knots in places. So uh, that will really help propel us forward, even if the winds aren't great for us. So yeah, you can imagine that's a, a big, juicy target for us to aim for, and hopefully um, and profit from. But uh, yeah, until tomorrow, uh, welcome back to Deep Roots. Uh, honestly, I'm so excited. To get this started again uh, um, I really enjoy kind of sharing my experience um, my internal experience on expeditions and of course the experience of the expedition and what it's all looking like so right now it's uh, it's dark the boat is gently tipping from side to side I can see a couple of planes in the our lights of planes in the sky um, it's pretty uh pretty phenomenal the amount of air traffic going in and out of new york i see one flashing light uh to my kind of north east uh, and then there's one fixed light which is a boat that we passed that's stationary um, about four hours ago straight behind me and then moon, full moon and the moon is beautiful a beautiful sunset tonight um, and we will uh, yeah, beautiful full moon in the sky a few stars are out and the kind of distant glow of um, the light pollution from Manhattan but it's uh, yeah we've made good ground so it's, it's nearly uh, it's nearly outside of our uh, uh, vision now um, it was some experience alright guys talk to you tomorrow Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.